What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, a podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, divorce coach, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Joining me today is Jonathan Bros. Jonathan, uh, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, Yeah, thank you very much, Michael. And uh, yeah, I'm Jonathan Bros. I live in a small little town in Northern California, probably about uh, like an hour-ish uh, northeast of Sacramento, California. Okay. So yeah, kind of in the, the hills a little bit, but still, yeah, small town, uh, a little bit rural, a little bit, uh, you know, within the city. And uh, yeah, I've been divorced which is kind of funny, like seven or eight years. And before that, the divorce process was probably four or five years. Um, and I, I kind of laugh about that because uh, maybe kind of lesson number one is I remember all the pain of going through it and things like that, but <clears throat> enough times passed by where I was like, you know, I'm going to have to go into my file cabinet, which is literally a file cabinet of my divorce and pull out the dates. And I was like, I just don't even feel like that. Like, I use that for, you know, my kid needs a passport, my kid, you know, is getting a driver's license, all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I need to prove my chain of custody. Other than that, it's like, I don't even look at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I was like, ah, the timelines are already blurry when I remember being in such a like painful spot at the time. So, yeah. um, so hopefully that'll, you know, some people that are going through it right now, you know, <laughs> you do yeah. reach your level. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm four, four years out from separation. Uh, divorce was this year. So I, 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 though definitely people say all the time, give it time. And that's true. Um, I think that that can be a bit, um, uh, I, I worry. I mean, obviously time, time can help with a lot of things. I do worry that some guys expect that they'll go, Oh, it's been six months. What the hell? Like, or, or, or even a year or two or three, you know, sometimes it takes a while, but, um, you know, I, I think certainly the further you get away from from the initial destruction or, or bomb, it, it certainly can uh, uh, it, it can lessen in, in pain. So, but let's talk about um, uh, your the beginning of your uh, of, of the end of your marriage. So, uh, what yeah. was what was who who who? Uh, maybe I should should ask it this way: what, When did it start going hill, downhill, and when did you know that potentially you were headed towards divorce? Yeah, and maybe I'll even like go a, a couple of years before that, <clears throat> just kind of give some context to the to everyone sure. about my relationship. Is that um, you know, first of all, <clears throat> I really did marry my best friend. You know, um, first and foremost, we we met in college, and then happened to also serve at the same restaurant while paying for college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we were a deep bond. You know, this wasn't just someone I met that we had this you know crazy fiery quick storm and had a kid together and stuff like that. Um, we had our our wedding <clears throat> planned. We I proposed to her. We had our wedding planned out. Um, ironically, we pushed it back uh, about six months because our child was born um, on the day that we had scheduled our wedding. And okay. yeah, and, and she didn't want to, you know, walk down the aisle pregnant. So, uh, so we, we kind of bumped that back. But yeah. um, so, I mean, like, you know, it, it's a lot of, uh, you know, our relationship was great uh, when, when it was going well. Um, and, and she was an amazing person and it was a very exciting time in life. Um, so, you know, a little bit of backstory about me at the time was, you know, of course, finishing up my degree, getting the corporate world. I was in two touring bands as a drummer. Um, okay. and yeah. And so life was kind of a party finishing college, making money situation, you know, um, on both sides, we were both, 
you know, partying and having a good time. Um, in fact, she was the very healthy one. Um, she was a marathon runner as well. Um, and, and so sometimes I kind of felt like I was one that was maybe partying a little bit too hard back in the day. Mm. Um, and then unfortunately she blew her knee out <clears throat> and started taking painkillers and some other things. And then, uh, kind of getting uh, a little bit more into that world. And, you know, as time and people change, she unfortunately really fell into the, the drug addict lifestyle. Um, mm. Whereas my brain kind of changed the other way into a different person of like the party's over, like I, I can't support a family being in a band. Right. I'm done touring. It's exhausting, like all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, really for, so for two years, um, I put her through three different rehab programs. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, two of them were out of pocket. One was covered by my insurance and then, really long stretched out the, I, I decided that I wanted to separate because, um, she was a danger to our child that that was first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was just not going to happen. Um, and there were some really bad incidents that happened and, and things like that. Um, and second of all, I, I didn't really recognize the person anymore. So I instigated the divorce, um, and separation and likewise, um, or, and then also I let it drag out um, for several years because I let her off my, on my insurance to go through different rehab programs for the following year. Cause I really did care about her, you know, sure. yeah. I want her to, to, to do well and be successful um, even through all the, the painful stuff. Um, so yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's back up a little bit. So um, okay. uh, what, how old were you uh, when you, when it got, when the relationship sort of became romantic and serious, what, what, at what point uh, then did you, uh, how old were you at that point? Yeah, I was 22. Okay. So, and then, yeah. so, so fast forward about two years, uh, then that's when marriage was, pro was proposed or whatever. Yeah. So then okay, so yeah, about, so about 20, 24, about 24. Uh, yeah. Had my kid when I was 25 okay. and then, um, yeah. And then I'd say by 26, 27 is when really separation talks were happening. Okay. Uh, and when I, when I decided that like, okay, it's, it's time to pull it. So and was I'm, there, I'm, was there yeah. any, um, indication? And I know this is all hindsight and that's a beautiful thing, but was there any mm -hmm. indication, any family history that she, she was going to have any of these issues? I, I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. She did have issues from her past. And I'll, I'll keep those private to her. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, know, just, but, I'm just curious if it yeah. was like completely out of the blue or it was like, oh, I kind of get it once it was, ha you know, once it was happening. Not that you were looking for it or whatever, but. Right. Okay. Yeah, it was it was stuff that, and, and in fact, a lot of it I learned, you know, really through the, the process of it. Yeah. That I was like, okay, you know, th this makes sense. You don't just, you know, but some people fall into addiction for, you know, uh, sure. many different reasons, but a lot of it made complete sense and yeah. that's yeah that's her story to tell and, and yeah, she can but sure sure but yeah yeah, no, I just, I, yeah I just want to i was just, i'm just, just curious because i i think you know with with the with the gift that we have of hindsight i just try to right. maybe sort of give some some um potentially some i don't want to say warnings but or, or just information like you know you should always yeah. consider everything about a person and i'm not saying you made a mistake or anything that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying no. uh, you know for, for going forward it's always kind of knowledge you know forewarned forearmed you know knowledge is power all that kind of good shit so so okay mm -hmm. so around 26 27 um and then you said you filed 
right around then or or, or... yeah okay. so yeah so i think it was about 26 is when i yeah i'd say 26 was most accurate when i filed okay and um yeah and how, luckily i had oh god how did yeah. she how did she take that what, what was her mindset yeah uh, very angry um with all the whiplash in the world i mean you know that that was destroying her life taking her kid away the horrible person um you know spreading all kinds of crazy rumors about me um just yeah yeah the whole cannon fodder my way yeah. situation so yeah you know, and did did uh, you file uh, for full full custody part? Like, did you file? What what was what was the custody situation uh, when you filed for divorce? Like, I don't I don't. You're in California, so I don't know how it. I know in Pennsylvania everything's separate. So if you mm-hmm. file for divorce, that's that's one thing. But then you have to file for custody and and also for child support if if you know whoever files or whatever. So uh, yeah, it, it's kind of a blend, um, and that's kind of one of those things where it's like get a good attorney if you can and listen to them. Because out here it's, you know, for us, it's, it, it started as custody. Like this is an emergency situation. I need custody. Um, and then the, the divorce and the separation, we can deal with that. But like for now it's custody. Um, and so that started that, but the same judge overheard our case. And when it came to divorce in California, it gets filed into the same court, um, orders, numbers, et cetera. So whether you're going to court to talk about, um, yeah, how, how, one person wants to divide up a 401k or you want to talk about custody. It's all with the same judge and, um, you know, just on separate matters. Interesting. Okay. So I, I do want to dive a little bit into the custody. And again, what, you know, I, I probably didn't say this enough um, or, or at all, maybe in, in the pre-interview and, and before we jumped on it's, it's whatever you are comfortable telling you tell whatever you're not don't, uh, there's no pressure for me to, I'm not trying to paint her or, or, or the system, or I'm just, I like facts as best we could uh, find them. And obviously this is your case and your experience, but um, so, sure. but at any, at any point, if there's anything, and even, you know, if, if in hindsight, you know, like I said to you earlier, I can edit out anything, but so did you, so, so you filed for emergency custody. Was there, what, yep. uh, what okay. A couple, couple questions there. Did, did, did she have a lawyer? Uh, if so, just, again, these are just curiosities of mine. <laughs> What gender was her lawyer and what gender is your lawyer? And, and this this is just knowledge. Uh, and then same question for the judge. Uh, what was the gender of the judge? Because guys are always throw these things around like, oh, it's best to have a female lawyer. It's best to have a male lawyer. I, I don't know. I, I, but so just in your experience, yeah. how did it work? Yeah. I mean, in fact, this is this is a great story to tell because it, as I called it, I didn't call it going to court. I called it going to the circus. <laughs> and <laughs> like, and I, and I really mean that uh, because so uh, – yeah. In fact, I, I kind of love telling this because it's, it is such a good thing for people to hopefully get some kind of perspective and take a step back and get a deep breath. Um, yeah. Is that so, you know, my attorney is male. Um, he's senior in the sense that, like, he's not taking on any new cases okay. because he wants to see his cases go through until all the kids are 18, things like that. Um, but he's amazing. Right. And he came through a very close friend and, um, and honestly, I, the first time I met him, I was, and I can give a lot of advice on dealing with or working with your lawyer, but first I thought he was such an asshole. Really? Like, oh, he would just cut me short, uh, things like that. And then it was maybe our second session. And he's like, look, if you need a therapist, they're a fuckload cheaper than I am. Okay. <laughs> like, I came in, you came in for a 30 minute interview and I'm billing you for every minute. Like, so if you want to keep talking to me, that's fine, but go find a freaking therapist, man. 
like yeah. and which i did right. you know so you know and and he kept me so under control through all of it it, it was really great um awesome. now on the other side <clears throat> so my ex-wife found her attorney through aa and na who was is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict themselves and that's why i called it the circus is that she was also very much a uh very anti-male um take them to the cleaners Mm. we'll get you whatever you want um you know and then little did i know at the time for how much you know uh how how sharp the fangs looked on that side um how amateur hour really was mm. that's why we called it the circus because right. you know we'd go in there and it was just like our on our side my my attorney he was he knew even the little things that would get me anxious or set up and i swear we had this signaling system where they would say something that he think would trigger me he'd literally pinch me on the knee and that was his way of being like dude shut the fuck up yeah. i got this this is amateur hour just chill and be nice and yeah. just let them play this out and then uh yeah so uh, you know while they went through uh, my ex-wife and her attorney would go through the drama show the circus yeah. right yeah. the big yeah. performance yeah. um so that so are you saying that just accusations and wild nonsense didn't work out for for your ex because she had no evidence and no proof yeah absolutely uh, i mean <clears throat> not only no evidence or no proof but uh categorically lying i mean you know things that i could prove to be incorrect so um you know it, it was uh it it made them it, it was one of those things where i really learned like okay this is the time to be quiet speak the truth just be honest about everything and if they want to put on this whole you know pony show and create all these things it, it's going to surface yeah. um yeah and, and our judge was female um okay. so and I, and I feel very impartial like um did not feel that there was really a i mean maybe sometimes when things would get really dramatic i would see the judge look down at me and see me being calm and kind of almost give me this look like hey thank you for just like being chill right. through this i, right. I see through the bullshit but that yeah. took time you know sure. to read sure. their body language yeah so um when you filed for emergency custody did you file for full at that point yes Okay, and, so, and what was the outcome? Yeah, I received it. Um, I, I received it, but that came with its own struggles. So, sure. um, and, and in fact, you know, would you like me to kind of share what? Absolutely. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, uh, younger in the day, I used to travel a lot more for work, um, and I went on a quick business trip to Ohio um, in the middle of winter, which that's not fun really no offense yeah. to ohioans out there but yeah. i don't understand how you guys you know i i, I did enjoy like sliding down hills of ice that was cool but like yeah yeah no yeah. i live in pennsylvania <laughs> winners are bullshit just just categorically yeah. say that winners suck uh, i guess there's yeah. some weird fucking people that don't like it but not this guy so i hear you yeah. But anyway yeah yeah anyways yeah so i get a call from my mother and she's extremely concerned um she lives about uh probably 45 50 minutes from where I am, uh, both my parents do. And uh, she's like, you know, your, your wife is acting extremely strange. I just called as a check-in, kind of had this bad vibe feeling. Um, you know, what do you think? And so, like, I texted my ex-wife. And I was like, hey, how are things going? How are things doing? And, and her response back, it, I can't remember what it was, but it was something that was off and weird, too. Um, 
And so I told my mom, like, hey, if you could do a welfare check, that'd be great. If you can't, then, you know, I'll, I'll call our local PD. Uh, so we're a smaller town and, and have them just kind of check on things. Um, and my mom was like, no, let me go down there and, and do that. And my mom came in, welcomed herself in the door. And, and there's my, you know, uh, barely two-year-old kid on the ground underneath the table, underneath the kitchen table with a butcher knife and a bag of hot dogs, um, literally cutting them up herself to eat while my wife is in the back room, just frantically out of her mind, um, not understanding what's going on. So, um, so my did, mom called. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Did she have right of, fir- or what, what is it? Right of first refusal. So in other words, you were out of town. It was, she um, allowed to see her at that point. Like what was the, the scenario? I know you had full, but what was the, Oh, well, well, okay. So this is before I got, this is what led to getting full custody. Oh, I got you. This, okay. was, this is the story that led to full custody. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I should have okay. clarified yeah, no, that. No worries. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so when we found that it was like, okay, well, she needs medical help. So they actually, uh, my mom called 911, like concerned. They sent an ambulance and got her and sure. I mean, she was so wound up that she was in a, like as time went on, apparently in a state of like, um, you know, insanity. And so they 5150 her. Um, wow. Mom took my kid home. I took the first flight I could out of Ohio, got home. Um, and really, the, the two things that were the first courses of action were first an ex parte hearing, which is an emergency hearing in California. Um, you know, here's the emergency judge. We need a, a temporary hearing or injunction. Um, and then, and the hard part was that the, the CPS was involved now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's everyone hears that and goes, Oh my gosh, that's a really bad thing. But it actually turned out to be a really good thing for me. Um, I had nothing to hide. I, I'm, uh, you know, uh, in fact, I got drilled on some interviews, I'd say, um, as far as that, but I, I kind of had to take this approach. Like I'm doing this for my kids. So yeah, come into my home, search it, like look at all living conditions. Here's my job. Here's what I do. Here's who I am. Um, after some conversation, uh, the caseworker for CPS actually became really helpful for me, like pointed me into some really good resources and other things. Cause we, you know, we didn't have all these online forums and things like that, support groups like this back then, um, yeah, yeah. you know? And yeah. so she pointed me in some really good directions and we ended up kind of chatting for a long time after kind of through cases that she'd check in. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm, maybe it's a trophy I should have is, getting along with CPS and them actually being helpful. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, did you, did you, so, yeah. or did you go into it? To, like, well, I mean, you kind of said you went into it just to like, Hey, I got nothing to hide, but was there any sort of, you know, did your, did your butthole tighten? Like, Oh shit. Like this is going to be bad. Oh, I'm a man. Like they're going to fuck me. Of course. Yeah. Oh, fucking a. I mean, I had, you know, gosh, talk about the start of intrusive thoughts. I think that maybe that was the the clincher for him, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, are you going to take my kid away? Or are you going to deem it, you know, like my, my yeah. parents are really great people. So I'm like, even thinking to myself, like, well, what's the worst case is that they don't like a single father taking care of, you know, right. a, a child. Like, so can it mean that, you know, live with my, like, all these things are going through my head. So absolutely. Yeah. Like, Big pucker time, yeah, uh, without yeah. a doubt. You know, yeah. Um, so, so at that at that point, you got uh, full full custody of of your two year old at that time. Is that correct? 
Yeah, yeah that's correct. And and so um, let's sort of put a you know a marker in place at that point. Uh, and going okay. forward now, um, thirteen years and and change later, did she, uh, being your ex, take you back? Was there more court battles for just custody specifically? Was there any more of that? Was there any more attempts at her to sort of paint you in this negative light? And yeah, plenty. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. In fact, because her only way of getting back in, because after, yeah, 5150 and then a rehab and then, mm. uh, you know, falling off the wagon again and then another rehab, it was like, this is getting ridiculous. So at, at that point, she was under um, super, she had to pay for supervised visitation, mm. um, like oh, at wow. a facility. And she had to get drug tested. And I mean, at first, and she had to pay for that as well. Um, and at first it was just even just urine drug test. And they ended up switching that to a cheek swab because oh. she had like three in a row tests turn up um, undetectable, but with anomalies, something like that. Mm -hmm. Essentially it was that she's either using some kind of fake pee or some kind of product to help clean her pee up. And the judge is like, this is bullshit. This is not what a normal human does. Like you're hiding something. Wow. So so they switched her to these like cheek swab ones that are apparently a lot more accurate and can find other things. And, um, and it was just constant. It was like, we'd go through these periods of, you know, she would have once, you know, uh, once a week on a Saturday, a, a two hour visitation at a facility. Um, it was a great facility. And, and my, my, my kid was, you know, enjoyed it. Wasn't fighting yeah. it. So sure. I'm like, okay, if we can just cruise along on this, that's great. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, you know, the, the, the classic thing is that she would screw up and something would pop up on her drug test and she'd have to go face the consequences and then figure out some manipulative way of blaming it on me and all the pressures put on her and right, all right. that kind of stuff. And, you know, diverting around the whole problem of like, why are there drugs in your system when yeah. you know that you like, and, and that's even out of my control. Like I, I'm not, if drugs pop in your system, I have no control over whether you can see kiddo or not. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the court yeah. order and, and yeah. the rules of the place. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but did, yeah, did you know, lots of times getting dragged back. Yeah, sorry. Did you, um, uh, man? There's so many, so many different avenues here. So, okay. Um, sure. The really, I don't know if you want to talk about this, and if you don't, that's totally fine. But I'm just curious about well, a couple things. One, I think is this one you probably can for sure. Uh, what was your, what was your mental state? Like what, not only, you know, you, like you said, it was your best friend and, and you loved her and you try to get to rehab and all these things. Right. Um, but, and you made this decision, like, what was your, what, what was, where were you, where was your head at? Like during that, especially the first, you know, six months, a year or whatever. Yeah. I think heavily at first survival mode, you know, like, yeah, I looked at days as chunks of time, you know, you're taking care of a kid and yeah, you know, I and I'm working a full time job. Like I need to get her, get them to, um, to daycare and then to preschool and then to kindergarten, all those things, right? And back. I mean, all those kinds of things. Um, and fed and us doing fun things and living a fun life and making things normalized feeling for them, right? Yeah. Um, that that's a lot of effort. So at first it was survival, just like if I can every you know one day at a time. Yeah. like anything else that we struggle through with our lives um, and when you're doing that. And then, and I'd say within that also severe, severe waves of anxiety, um, you know, with that waking up the middle of the night, chest pounding. I remember that horribly. 
um, you know, thinking about how can I stay three or four steps ahead of situations when sometimes you can't, it's just stuff out of your control. Um, and then, you know, sometimes really bad feelings of anger, you know, how could this person do this to me? Why are they a different person? Like literally a different person than, you know, the best friend. Um, and then loneliness, sadness. I mean, and that's, and I'm talking, that's like six months to a year, you know, all yeah. those things, you know, it, it's like, it's really like grieving a death. Um, so what did fact, you do? What yeah. did you do to sort of help with that? What, what was your, what were some of your strategies? Cause it's usually not just one thing. No, nah, it was a lot of things. Um, that's the thing, right? Is it, it, it's a lot of things, and you have to try a lot of things. I mean, I, you know, I was I fall back on music, but then sometimes I'm just like, yeah, God, it, you know, hit the wrong song, and I'm fucking crying, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, hit yeah, the right yeah. song, and I feel, and I'm like, now I feel fucking like I'm gonna go lift weights and be the fucking like alpha, like awesome, you know, go let's go party, motherfuckers, like you know, that song just hit me, right? So like, yeah, I yeah. had to be careful about music. So like that and art and you know, close friends, good neighbors, uh, you know, making, making sure that I had good human connections, whatever form that was, um, you know, uh, reaching out to other people that had, I knew had been through this similarly in the past, even if I hadn't talked to them in a long time, um, yes. which is something I see, I, I see this pop up a lot is, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, and, and I'm an example of this, my, my best friend, he used to live right down the street from me. And, uh, I mean, we're talking best friends since like fifth grade and, uh, him and his, you know, wife, they've been together for 20 years and married for two years. Um, they're an awesome story in themselves, but like, uh, they, they decided to move to Texas and that, that was just it. So, you know, I, um, that sucked. Yeah. And, and so I see a lot of people like, yeah, my friends moved away and things like that. And it's like, well, just cause they move away, keep in contact, but others, you know, um, reach out. Yeah. I, I, and, and I get this lot of my life where I haven't talked to somebody in, four years, five years, six, I don't care. Like if they reach out and they're like, Hey, I need your help. And it's, yeah. And it's out of honesty, then yeah. Like I, I will be there for you brother. Like, yeah. you know, and, and just brothers, but you know, women as well. Um, yeah. anyone that, that needs that kind of support. So, you know, to anyone out there, don't feel like you're being a bother. Um, Amen. you know, a lot of times, yeah, a lot of us are sitting around just kind of chilling and being like, Oh, you're in a crisis, man, that sucks. Like, yeah. let me help. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, not to, uh, you know, uh, direct this towards me or what I do, but that's one of the things that I, you know, I, I coach guys and that's one of the parts of my program is, is a week where it's, that's your, that's your assignment. You got to reach out to some folks that you haven't talked to in a while and, and, uh, and reach out to some folks that did help you through it, acknowledge it, be vulnerable and say, thank you, open up because as, as much as I believe that, um, it's a mistake to dive right into another relationship. It is absolutely a must do to reach out to other folks, not for romantic connections, um, right. but to just lean on people to, that's why I do what I do. Uh, you need people to get through this. You can't do it alone. So kudos to you, man. Did you, did you have guidance or was that just an innate sort of instinct to like, you know what? I just need to, cause that's kind of the way I was. It was like, I need to talk and I would just find people to just talk to like, and yeah. most people are receptive. Yeah, I mean that—that's really what it came out of, and and it, it, it was that, and then and also the other side of it was that, you know, I've got this child, right, and the single dad, and kind of the, and being in a smaller town, there's kind of a label that was put on you back then, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, yeah, that sure. That's just 
that's the shit that it is. Yep. So, you know, it, it sucks to like take your kid to, you know, on the soccer team, you know, you yeah. know five or six years of soccer team and yeah. you hear moms fucking saying shit about you. Like they think that you're far enough away yeah. to not hear stuff like, you know, well, what, what, what's really his deal? Like, you yeah. know, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And then you hear about like, Oh, there's this big sleepover and your kids not invited. Right. Or, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, so, you know, part of that was also just like, gosh, I need my kid to also experience a normal life. Like, yeah. you, uh, you know, people understand that, that, that aren't judgmental, things like that. So yeah. not just for myself, but for my kid as well. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, you know, and, and like I said, and, and we didn't have, you know, online forums and communities like we do now to meet people, uh, dads groups, things like that, um, that we do. So yeah, yeah that was totally like a organic, just reach out for help and, um, in a lot of different ways so yeah, yeah well yeah kudos man because not and unfortunately as men i think uh you know i think we well i don't think i know we isolate oftentimes you know we will yeah you know you you mentioned earlier like you know don't don't think you're bothering people but a lot of us men do because we're we're, we're supposed to we're, we're told or we're taught or or whatever it is it's innate i don't know that we're supposed to be tough and we're supposed to white knuckle through life and we're not supposed to have feelings and we're sure shit not if we do we're not supposed to talk about them we gotta stuff them down so um, kudos to you, man. I, I, I think that speaks volumes about your character because like I said, it's, it's not something that unfortunately that everyone does. Um, what are, what are yeah. some other things that you kind of lessons that you learned through this process? Like what, what are some of the things that you would impart to whether it be a sort of a, not, not necessarily exactly legal, but maybe in that realm. Um, but other things that you learned, what are some things that you would definitely say, you know, if I was you, I would do this, this, or this. Yeah, I mean, uh, on the legal part, it's, you know, it, man, pack your patience. And and I say this a lot in life. I mean, whether you're a frustrating commute or a divorce is like, I, I will literally say it to myself in a lot of situations in life, like, okay, I've got my kids, got my wall, I got my phone, got my, you know, my everyday carry stuff, right? And then it's like, okay, uh, did I also pack my patience? Because I know that this is going to be something frustrating for me. And with the with the court systems and things like that, that is so hard. It's so easy in hindsight to look back and be like, oh yeah, I could be patient through something like that. When, you know, you're in between court dates of something very important happening. I mean, you know, pack your patience. You're, you're kidding me? I'm trying to just not vomit. <laughs> like, you know, that's, so, I mean, that, that's one thing that I learned. Um, you know, another thing is, uh, you know, for those of you that can afford a good attorney um, or that can just find a good attorney, is really listen to them. Um, that's why you hired them. I'm not saying that all attorneys are good or that you should listen to all of them, but when you choose one, make sure you really listen to them because um, I think that it painted me in the best, it, as long as and expensive as the process was, it, it was actually the shortest way given some of the things that I held up and through the divorce, meaning like, you know, healthcare and things like that, where I, I was slow rolling things, but that cut through the tape, I would say the fastest. Um, so um, that, that's really it on the, on the legal side. Um, I mean, yeah, um, it, it's every state so different. I, yeah. I, I yeah. Scenario, yeah. It's kind of an area that I have a little bit hard time is that like, you know, and yeah. I, I know kind of a lot of different attorneys in different worlds and states are just so different. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's hard to to blanket statement that. But, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I always get uh, kind of iffy when we start talking legal stuff. But but right. you know, your experience obviously has some value um, because you were successful. Were were you? Um, 
told by your attorney to document? Because that's one of the things that we, we I stress, if anyone asks me, document everything. Um, keep a journal yes. and a notebook and, and document, document, document. Um, it sounds like you were, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, document everything, guys. I mean, that's why I say, like, I have a divorce file cabinet, not a divorce packet, all right? right. Like, it's a yeah. chronological order of things that happen that is yeah. probably, you know, what is that? Fence right over there. Um, yeah, it's about three feet deep. Wow. And that's, I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? Is that, yes, it's, you know, all the text messages, the communications, document situations, uncomfortable events, uh, anything and everything. Yeah. And then just feed it to your person. Um, yeah. And and they'll decide what they, yeah, what yeah. they would like to do with it or not, you know? Yeah. So um, on the, uh, on the mental sort of aspect of this, uh, you mentioned reaching out. Did you? Did you? Did you? Uh, did you do therapy? Or did you hit up medication at all? Like I did personally, um, antidepressants for a little while. Was there any any other thing around mental health that you did that was was also beneficial? Yeah, I mean therapy was huge, <clears throat> and I would say, in fact, you know, so therapy is is very very good, um, and it takes a lot of time, and it, it can be expensive depending on right. your situation. So I mean, that's the crappy part, but. You know, if you go into it with really the honest honesty to yourself that you want to make yourself feel better in your own skin and improve your situation, it helps a lot more. Um, so, and, and it helps a lot faster. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't do the medication path because I actually done that when I was younger, okay. and I had tried a few times because you know I battled with depression and other things when I was a, a kid, and yeah. um, it's still to this day. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. you know. I'm happy and things like that, but have some bouts. So there's no no harm against anyone that wants to do medication. Um, But for me, like the SSRIs and things like that, um, there, as I don't know if hormones change, your brain changes as you get older, stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, they don't, they they didn't work for me then. They don't work for me now, but, um, but they could help out a lot of people. So, um, so that, I mean, really good exercise is another one. Um, you know, trying to eat well. I mean, and this is all stuff that everyone says, right? And, right. and that sucks when you're when you're fucking depressed. Like that's yeah. the worst shit to hear. And yeah. and I hope that people get that. Like, oh, well, if you eat well and you exercise and you go out in the right. sunshine and like right. put on your rose colored glasses, all your problems. It's like you're, when you're depressed, you're just like fuck off, right? Like, yeah, I want to sit in my room, pull the covers over my head, and eat a fucking pound of ice cream. Like, yes. piss off. Amen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes the, that self-help stuff and that positivity, you're just, you, yeah, exactly. You want to be like, yeah, fuck off. I don't, I'm not feeling it today. I don't want to hear your bullshit, no. but you know, I, there's truth to it. Right. It's just sometimes yeah. though, I do think we have to embrace the suck as uh, my army brethren say, sometimes you yeah. just have to, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have another quote that I love is, uh, you know, if it never rains, how would you appreciate the sunny days? Like some days it's going to fucking rain and that's okay. It, as long as you don't, um, sort of get, get down about being down, if that makes any sense. Like it's, it's like, just, to, just yeah. know that, you know, the sun's going to come out. You're going to be okay. There's going to be another day. All those kind of stupid fucking cliches again, but man, they just, they ring true. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 and pay attention to the minute moments when you get that motivation, when you're in depression, because like, you know, you, you could literally feel good for like two minutes yeah. and be like, you know what, like, okay, I'm going to get up and do a thing. And that turns into eight hours, 10 hours. Right. Um, so, you know, just when you feel those like good uplifting moments, do them when you're really in that spot. Um, and, and try to develop that into a longer period of time. Even if you stretch that to 30 minutes, it's better than, you know, eight hours of depression and 
two minutes of feel good than eight hours of depression and 30 minutes of feel good. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, yeah. So, sure. <clears throat> yeah. So like that, you, you mentioned uh, one of the uh, boundaries uh, and I'm sure that must've mm -hmm. been difficult, especially uh, uh, pre-interview. You mentioned this um, and I'm sure that must've been difficult because, you know, your heartstrings were probably being pulled on in certain ways, right? That was your best friend. It was someone that was going through some, some stuff, but you also, you know, had a child and had to protect and, and, and yourself. Right. Um, how, how, how was that process for you and developing boundaries? Um, what, what was, if, if you want to talk about the, which moments or which types of things were difficult to set boundaries against, can you talk a little bit about like that sort of that, that whole process for you? Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, boundaries I think are built upon um, enough pain, hmm. you know, that that's kind of like embracing the suck is yeah. that, you know, if you sit down and just write out boundaries on a book and you haven't had to establish them with people that really want to destroy every boundary you create, you try to create, um, you know, it, it's going to be tough. So you get that out of just experience. Um, and a lot of that especially had to do with communication hmm. is that, and that could be from the tactile things of you're not supposed to be reaching out. Like, you know, part of the court order is you don't reach out directly to our child. And then do would do things like when was old enough to get a cell phone and would text directly. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, that's not okay. Like I got to call you on your bullshit on that. Um, I know this is going to lead to a big fight behind closed doors and probably be brought up in court, but, and you know, kid, I can't see that. And I need to make sure that they feel safe. And I need to make sure that I stamp that down as like, that's just completely unacceptable. So tactile things like that. Um, other boundaries uh, and, and things that don't even stop to this day. Um, money, you know, like uh, it's like the perpetual money machine. When does yeah. that end? It's like, I'm divorced. I have no legal obligation whatsoever, but like, you know, it, a really, in fact, this is a, a, a true and very funny story of about a month and a half ago <clears throat> is that, you know, it, you think like you're divorced and things are done. <clears throat> and even in the great situation that I'm in, I feel like, you know, unfortunately, she's still a ghost that wanders around my life. Mm. And whether that's maybe once a year, every other year, I get some random text from her or something like that. Or I get someone on Venmo, literally a random woman on Venmo fucking messages me with a request for $25 in all caps. It says, are you fucking her name? Rose's husband? Question mark, question mark, question mark. That bitch stole from me, and I swear to God, I'm going to, to the cops. And, like, all right, like, luckily, like, the whole I've established boundaries and stuff that I looked at that and I was like, I, this is just kind of funny. Like, yeah. I, I literally like laughed at it and I was like, but I, I did reply back and I was like, no, I'm ex husband from a long time ago. And if that's the case, then you need to call the cops. Well, clearly, I was dealing with somebody that was not someone that was going to call the cops, right? Uh, no. So then so it starts this like bargaining thing. And, and you know what? Like I just kind of had to flip the switch. Uh, and this is where I'm like, you know, I don't care. And I'm older and I feel secure enough now is I just said, you know what? You want $25? I, I know like five people that are looking for her. And I'm curious myself to see if she's dead or alive. So I'll pay you $25 if you can video record where, the, where she's at and send it to me. And I swear to God, it was like the tables turned and this girl's just like, what, what, why do you want this information? Right. You know? And I'm just like, you think you're the only person looking for a drug addict that's at, that's stealing money or something? Uh -huh. Like, 
and I swear I got ghosted. It was it was like the greatest thing ever. But like those are the kind of like boundaries. Like that that's you know before I would say I'd be afraid to you know I, I'd be like I'm in trouble for something you know or you know oh they broke a rule or they broke a series of something and like now I have to deal with this to eventually grow just through enough of these little pain points you know far from the first debt collector that's came after my ex-wife you know that I've had to do some really hard shit to yeah, this was an easy one right like <clears throat> so um yeah i mean it, like i said it's kind of like through the pain of process you kind of like you know yeah. it, it's like it, the shitty thing is is that you know and kind of taking a step back and not to make this too obscure but like no. you know it sucks because as men like we are taught like oh you need to wear this like body of armor and like be there to like protect and you can't ask for help you can't be vulnerable you shouldn't cry all this other bullshit yeah when in reality it's like no like you like that's built up over time you know that's like um like tough skin you know like that, that just happens over time and experience yeah so like you'll get your suit of armor it's just that like it's going to take some time for you to build it up and don't feel bad about that in the least you know um yeah and, and you know, maybe surround yourself with some people that do have the experience you know yeah. to to talk you off that stuff yeah um so you brought up sort of in a way and again you know i'm i'm whatever you want to talk about but i'm i am curious what the relationship um i mean for sure it sounds like she's not around at all is that the case like you don't hear from her and she doesn't contact your child and there's no relationship there and and again what whatever you are comfortable you know discussing is obviously it's up to you yeah so my my kid is done with our with her with the mother right i mean <clears throat> so that that's just that um wants nothing to do with with her and and that's and i fully support that mm -hmm. uh, for me she's still like like i said a, a, like uh, i grieved her like a death uh, and still walks among me like a ghost um and and even like right now in the current spot it, what's so funny about that venmo situation is that usually it's every six to nine months because holidays mother's day things like that will be where out of the woodwork she'll come mm. and call or text or do something to show up into my life and i kind of have to just escort back out the door and it had been like about a year so actually in the back of my mind i was thinking to myself like is she legitimately dead and her family just hasn't told me like no. you know and then i saw that pop up and i'm like oh no the ghost lives on you know so <laughs> You know, so that, uh, that that sucks, but like, yeah. but I have control over it, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I can decide to reply to somebody or not, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the one thing that you know throughout all of this. That's the one thing that's I think oftentimes most important to sort of wrap your head around is you can control you and that's it. But the, but that's not a bad yeah. thing. You know, that's the best thing um, because a lot of times I think. Yeah we are susceptible to what others do and say, and, and I'm not saying it's, it's easy or I perfected it, but um, you know, when you're, when you're able to sort of put that and wrap your head around it, like it's, it's my actions are what matters. My actions are what I can control. It kind of, I think it brings you a sense of peace. Like when you stop worrying about what someone's doing or, and I get it, it's, it's hard. And, you know, if she's, comes back around, there are probably some challenges, you know, in terms of even just reaching out or whatever, you know, but at the end of the day, you're able to to decide how to handle that situation, right? You don't have to let it bother you or, or, or you know, you can take certain actions and it's up to you to decide um, how you want to handle it. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's definitely one yeah. of the better you know lessons to learn. Um, which I, I would imagine was there any point where you had any kind of guilt in terms of um, maybe I could have done better uh, with helping her or, or, or maybe, I, I don't know. Was there any kind of that sort of like hindsight, not hindsight, but that, that regret or that, 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 you know, hey, I wish I would have type shit. Did you, did you experience any of that? Sure. And, and I think that that also kind of takes part of like, nobody is innocent when it comes to a divorce. Right. I, I mean, nobody, you could pay me in the best light and everything else, but no, like I, I have to own my own shit in that. And for me, that was, yeah, like I, I did not when, you know, she's off in rehabs that are expensive and taking care of her life and figuring her life out. And then, I mean, hell, I've even helped finish pay for a bachelor's degree, ironically in criminal justice, like <laughs> while she's doing this, right? Like, I mean, yeah. so you to just decide to work or not work, you get to decide to be in these rehab places and then you get to go to finish your degree and then, oh, relapse, go that, like. I mean, there were times where I was just a mean son of a bitch. I mean, just, you know, like I, I would do the things that would get her to the next step, but I would be cold, you know, and that was just me holding on to this like internal hatred, like, you know, this, I don't know if I call it hatred, but like yeah, anger, just, sure. you know, I'm, I'm working my ass off at a long job. <clears throat> I put my kid to bed and then I do freelance work at night, get five or six hours of sleep, you know, yeah. paying for the bills and for all this other stuff coming up. Sure. And then do it all over again. And that was, you know, six days a week at that point. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of uh, resentment, I guess is the best way to put it. And and I was cold. I was distant. I wasn't supportive when it came to, you know, like I would go visit her, things like that. And I'd walk in and I would just be in a bad mood. And and that wasn't helpful for her recovery. That, that was just being a dick, you know, um, when you're, you know, it's like all your actions are, oh, yeah, your visible actions are that you're taking care of your wife or soon to be ex-wife but really not just tons of asshole moves on my part um yeah. born from that so yeah. yeah i think i know for me in the beginning um i try not to anymore but certainly in the beginning i was yeah i was angry i was a dick i was any any way i could be difficult i was um yeah. You know, it's just because you're you're so hurt and that, you know, as men, our hurt turns to anger. And so what do we do? We would be giant fucking dicks because that's just that's easier than 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 being honest and saying, hey, you know what, this this is really, really hard and hurtful. I can't believe you put me in a spot. Instead, we just barely talk to him or, or whatever. Right. Which is, yeah. you know, you know, again, upon reflection and, and hindsight and all that, it's it's a very childish behavior. And and I'm not saying yeah. like that's, you know, it's not I'm not saying that, you know, you calling you that i'm i'm speaking for myself it's it's an inability to handle emotions turning them to anger and thus being like a kid like throwing a fit like a small child you know that someone took his toy and he stomps his feet it's just it's so yeah it's 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 sad in a lot of ways that we we weren't given the opportunity to to you know i interviewed a, a, a psychologist once he talked about this sort of how men are like you know sort of you know, we, we live in this sort of middle ground where it's, we don't, we don't get too happy. We don't get too sad. You know, we try to, you know, just be sort of feel nothing and it robs us of the richness of life. And I think, I think, you know, in, in a lot of ways, that's, that's, that's men's journey. I, I think, you know, I, I think it's changing certainly. I mean, I know that it's changing for me personally. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, 
when I, when I can find someone like yourself um, and it's funny how the universe works. And I don't know if we want to touch on that, but uh, we can, we could probably briefly touch on it. Just a shout out to Dan um, who yeah. kind of hooked us up, but mm-hmm. you know, it, I think, I think it is changing, but I think I wonder, um, I don't know it, how, how different our lives would be as men. If, if we had been given some of these fucking skills before we were, you know, in our late thirties and forties and shit. Like I just, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it's and and I think there's also a big context to that is, you know, um, I think it, this is a struggle for a lot of marriages, but also for ourselves as people is I kind of say the 10 year rule, like about every 10 years, you kind of change into a different person, whether it be dramatic or, or small. Um, it happens. I mean, I'm 41. <clears throat> very, very different from 21. Oh, I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. gosh, I, and, I, and I think yourself like. Okay, well, by my math, that's two different people, and I'm like, no, I've been like four since then. You know, not <laughs> people. I still all my fundamentals are there, my morals sure. are there. You know, sure. everything's there, but like, you know, a, a lot of different beliefs, whether they're political, whether they're um, yeah. professional, whether you know. It, so you Very kind different. of, yeah. I mean, that so that stuff changes a lot. So I mean, God, if I could go and whisper in the twenty, if I could whisper in my twenty-one year old ear, he actually probably tell me to go fuck myself because you know <laughs> he knew everything, just like so- if the 21 year old talk to my 16 year old self he go tell him to fuck himself too right i mean that's, that's our disposition amen i mean i i often think about if i could go back obviously we can't right there's no flux capacitor there's there's no delorean that travels in time but if i could go back what would i do and i and there's two options that i could sort of consider and, and i don't do this often but I sometimes just out of my own i don't know uh weirdness i go would i tell Let's say I go back to the wedding day. Would I tell that dude to fucking run or would I tell that dude to grow the fuck up and not be such a dick? Like, I wonder which one, because they're both applicable. Mm. They're both applicable because as you said Mm. earlier, there's no way that I wasn't complicit in the downfall of the marriage. I had my part in it. There's no fucking way you can't. Did she make the ultimate decision? Did she do a lot of negative and bad shit? Ask fucking lootly. But I had my guilt and my part in it. And I don't know if I would tell that dude to grow the fuck up or if I would tell that dude to fucking run. I'm not sure, but I don't know. It depends. It depends yeah, on what I, they ask me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, God, that's a, that's an interesting line to draw there. That, that's a good one. I mean, right. I, I, right now in this time period, I tell myself like, you know, to grow the fuck up. I mean, yeah, me too. like it, as much pain and money and, uh, you know, everything else that has been through the ringer, it's like, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without all of that, you know, yeah. just like all the great things in life that I've experienced, you know, everything puts you together and makes you a balanced person. And, you know, it's like, if I wasn't able to go through that, I feel like there's a lot of ways in business and in life that I wouldn't be able to set those same boundaries with other people, you know, um, because I, I do tend to be a very positive person. I try to be a pleaser, things like that. Um, and I feel like, man, like in the modern world, it, it's a jungle out there. Things are crazy. People are weird. Um, and being able to establish boundaries with them and be able to, you know, keep the, the madness out and keep the good people in is so important. And I don't think that I would necessarily know that if it weren't the case. Um, yeah. so I, I'd say, you know, suffer through it, you know? Yeah. Well, my friend, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, as you know, the, la- the last question that I ask everybody is what words of wisdom would you impart to a man who's just beginning his divorce journey? Yeah, uh, can I make it a cheap order? Or yeah, absolutely. You can right. make it okay. ten. We can do we can do this right. part part two later. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. So so my two my two pieces of advice is that you know figure out how to feel comfortable in your own skin. 
however that is. Um, that means something different for everybody. But I mean, that's the one thing that we can't take off, right? So, you know, figure out how you can feel comfortable in your own skin. Um, and that'll take time. But that's something that I feel like we're all privileged to have um, and, and try to work on that. Uh, the second thing I'll say, which you kind of implied on earlier, is that with female relationships, uh, when you're getting through this, is that yeah, I, I do discourage trying to date immediately after. Um, I don't involve myself with recently divorced or recently uh, exed people myself because they're going through some things. Yeah. But what I would what I would say, and this sounds like a, a unicorn, but it's kind of not. Um, try to make friends that are girls and be honest about that being that's all they are, are friends that are women, um, period. Take sex off the table, everything else, and you will gain so much insight into what you're experiencing, keeping your head in check. Um, you know, two of my very closest friends are female. Hmm. And in fact, one of them is a therapist that actually a trauma therapist but hmm. so it's kind of like a i mean we laugh and compare things like that it's like she's giving me cheat codes you know on like how to how to get through life and stuff like that but you know but if you can do that honestly without any romantic involvement at all do that um and let it come naturally you can't force something like that it's like trying to make friends in general they gotta come naturally but um but yeah that, that could be a whole di- yeah, two-parter and then another episode yeah. but yeah uh, well you know. i was just i was just thinking you're gonna have to ask that friend of yours that she'd be interested in coming on because uh trauma therapist uh that like sends off all kinds of alarm bells like i don't want to talk to that person uh oh she'll she'll want to talk i just want to make just got to make sure that i get setting boundaries right like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah very true yeah. Ali, I'm sure you're going to listen to this, but uh, for the love of God, if you come on this podcast, remember, treat me like fucking patient confidentiality, all right? Like <laughs> stuff that she, that's the thing, right? Is like when you meet people like that, you can be so honest about everything about being a man and not yeah. have like, and that's what taking sex and all this other stuff takes off the table. It's like, yeah. you can say the most fucked up shit and it's like, yeah, like that was fucked up and here's how one would perceive that or here's how I would perceive that. And then yeah. likewise, you have, and you have to reciprocate it, right? Yeah. They're going to do the same thing back to you and you have to listen. You have to really understand and care, you know, uh, yeah. and then when you do that, man, it, it's, it's a, it's its own deep, really, really great relationship. So, uh, yeah, she would definitely come on. I just got to make sure I keep her in check to, you know, <laughs> not share too much shit about me that I've, you know, <laughs> over 10 years of friendship. Right. Right. So. Well, again, the power of editing, my friend, we can always remove. Yeah. Stuff. Um, thanks again, uh, man, for stuff. doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. I'll, you know, uh, I will stay in touch um and and i'll let you know as soon as it comes out and and again uh thanks for doing it man i appreciate it yeah of course man have a good night i appreciate yep. it michael yep take All care right. Later, brother. Yep. Bye. thank you so much for watching and or listening since my separation in july of 2019 i have done an incredible amount of work on myself i've had many different therapists life coaches and went through different programs I've taken all that I've learned and put it into my own program called Forged by Fire. If you are interested in having me help you navigate your divorce, please hit my website, risingphoenixdivorcecoach.com. I look forward to working with you.